Okay, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Prasad Sankaran. I'm the global lead for cloud and infrastructure at Accenture. Uh, I want to welcome you all to our panel discussion today. Our panel discussion is New IT for New Pharma, Cloud as a Catalyst for Sanofi Innovation. So we're going to, this afternoon, what we're going to do is have a discussion with our panelists, and we're going to really hear about an amazing 10-year journey in which Sanofi and Accenture participated to achieve 80% data center consolidation and to deliver more than 50% of IT savings. So I'm going to start by introducing my panelists here. So first with us today from Sanofi is Stefan Marcini, who's the global head of enterprise computing and cloud services global. So Stefan, you will add some more on that. Yes, a um, few words to introduce myself. So as you said, I am in charge of an entity called Enterprise Computing and Cloud Services. So basically, I am in charge of some IT domains starting from the data centers to some applications layer like database, middleware, all the infrastructures, some specific applications like SAP, and also in charge of our cloud strategy and transformation programs that we started soon and on which we are going to discuss today. So also with us is uh, Philippe Chauffard, who's uh, part of our uh, cloud and infrastructure group and heads all of our business in Europe. So, Philippe? Yes, so good afternoon, everyone. So, Philippe Chauffard, I lead our cloud business for uh, Accenture in Europe. Um, obviously, looking after, you know, some of our main clients, you know, and partnering with, you know, some, uh, you know, some key ones, Sanofi being, uh, you know, one of the, uh, our major clients in France. Okay, so just to add a couple of more uh, points on the work we're doing at Sanofi, so we're now working together on an ambitious migration that's going to take 11,000 servers to AWS. And Sanofi is a $34 billion European leader in healthcare, headquartered in France, and has over 100,000 employees globally, and 75 manufacturing plants in 33 countries. So uh, obviously a very global footprint. And Accenture being uh, one of the largest AWS systems integrators, we've been involved with AWS for the last decade, and so we were engaged on this particular project. My, my group uh, that uh, I and Philippe are part of uh, is about 30,000 people globally. Um, and what we look to do is to help our clients really achieve digital transformation. Um, we have a leadership position, obviously, which is acknowledged by top analysts around public cloud. We've been doing that for the, last, the best part of the last uh, decade. And we've also really taken a hard look at infrastructure as such and how we want to reimagine infrastructure and the things that we need to do around network and workplace in support of public cloud and also the emergence of things like edge and IoT, et cetera. So what we're going to do now is um, go through a series of uh, discussion points with Stefan and Philippe. And since we have a, a, a group here uh, that's not as big, what I would suggest is rather than wait at the end for Q&A, which there'll be time for Q&A at the end anyway, but uh, if you have a question um, in the middle, please just raise your hand, and we'll get a mic to you, and then we can keep it, keep it interactive. So with that, I'm going to start with the first question to both Stefan and Philippe. The first question is, the relationship between Accenture and Sanofi started about 10 years ago. Will you tell us how that relationship got started? And Stefan, let's start with you. Well, uh, 10 years ago, maybe I will uh, need your help, because uh, I was not working for Sanofi 10 years ago. Um, what I can share with you is that we, we started an ambitious program 10 years ago, which was basically to consolidate all the different data centers we were having at Sanofi globally in three big data centers and introduce uh, at that time uh, um, virtualization. So we were not speaking about cloud 10 years ago. It was more virtualization. And the idea was really to reduce our footprint, uh, manage a quite uh, important legacy debt we had at that time, and also, as I said, to uh, remediate a part of the applications and consolidate these applications on these three data centers, one per region, one in the US, one in France, and one in uh, Singapore, um, increasing our level of virtualization. So if I'm correct, we reached something like 90% of virtualization, relying on mainly VMware at that time. Uh, and also, uh, we, we try to... Um, to um, mm, use this uh, transformation as a lever to uh, um, recode, replatform, change some of the applications we were using in order to make them more agile. But again, it was 10 years ago, nothing to do with cloud. And basically, uh, we, uh, we lived with this architecture during the last 10 years and, um, and with no major changes. That's why our legacy debt increased again. 
And um, that's why also we decided to start together, uh, partnering with Accenture, a new big transformation program, uh, officially started this summer. Uh, and in that uh, new program, we are going to, uh, to do a, a, a very big focus on cloud. It will be, a, as we used to say, a cloud-first program. Uh, our target, as you say, uh, but I'm going to, uh, to, uh, to detail a bit more, what we want to do is to move 60% of our workloads on the public cloud. So we decided to work with two public cloud providers. So of course, AWS is one of these two public cloud providers, and we also decided to work with Google. Um, and we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we made this decision based on criteria that uh, I, will, uh, I will discuss with you uh, just later. But the idea was really to, to rely on two big providers, not only one, but on the other side, no more than two. Um, another decision we took is that because not all our workloads can be migrated to the cloud, we are working uh, for a, a pharma company. Uh, it's, uh, the regulation is uh, quite significant, and we cannot do whatever we want. So we have regulatory issues and constraints. So we also decided for these reasons, and also for technical reasons, to, uh, to build our own private cloud. Um, something simple and pragmatic. Uh, I had the opportunity in the past to work on uh, other uh, private cloud implementation, and uh, the idea was really not to uh, reproduce the mistakes we did in the past, trying to integrate not very mature technologies uh, with many layers. And the idea here is really to build something very simple, reliable, and pragmatic on which we are going to move the workloads that cannot be moved to the public cloud. And for the 20 remaining percent, um, we are going to rely on uh, traditional IT, again, because we have some, as you said, some plants in uh, many different countries. We have some very proprietary and specific applications that are uh, used to manage uh, supply chains and this kind, of, uh, this kind of things in the plants. And for these specific applications, of course, we cannot, uh, it's very difficult due to the proprietary part of these applications to move them on the public cloud or the private cloud. So we are going to, uh, we estimated that we are going to uh, remain at 20% on what we call traditional IT. So Philippe, your view from uh, an Accenture perspective? Uh, <clears throat> well, obviously, Stefan has said a lot already, but uh, you know, I, I think you know, going back a decade, right? I think, you know, I think Sanofi was really at the at the leading edge ten years ago, right? In terms of the level of ambition, in terms of driving, you know, the consolidation, the virtualization of the data center, you know, some amazing results actually were achieved back then, right? Uh, jointly uh, between Sanofi and Accenture, in terms of really driving you know, a huge consolidation, standardization, and, and, and driving that, you know, across all of the entire state on a global basis, right? Um, obviously, over the last 10 years, there have been, you know, some evolutions, you know, in, in the operating model as well, in terms of the, uh, you know, what Sanofi was doing, what we were doing. But fundamentally, you know, it was, you know, more or less, you know, a very similar infrastructure and architecture, right? And I think it was not time to really kind of write the next chapter, right? And I think the, the program that, you know, we've jointly just embarked on is really gonna be the next level of ambition, right? And I think, you know, not only in terms of, you know, the, the, the level of transformation and migration to AWS to the public cloud, the level of also, you know, driving much more, you know, common approach in terms of automation analytics you know, across the entire IT, but also some of the operational system as well. Because I think that's gonna be the next, uh, you know, the next level of ambition as well. So I think, it, you know, it, it's a very exciting journey. I think uh, there are gonna be a few challenges along the way. I think it's gonna be a, a very interesting, right? But I think that was really the, you know, the right time to go and embark on the next chapter. So Stefan, you know, when we've talked before, you've mentioned that, you know, IT wasn't keeping pace with the demands of, of the enterprise. So given that, can you tell us a little bit about the overall scope of uh, you know, what you're trying to achieve? Yes. Um, so um, as I said, 60% of our workload represent, I think you mentioned the figure, um, moving to the cloud, roughly 11 workloads that we have today on-prem. Um, uh, on out of a scope, which is representing roughly 30,000 workloads today that we are having at Sanofi running mainly on the data centers we have, plus also on many plants we have everywhere in the world. Um, we, also, uh, we, we are also um, leveraging more and more um, um, some DevOps platform. So we are, uh, we are finalizing to build our own DevOps platform, um, building this solution on uh, some uh, very famous uh, components of the market. So basically, um, starting from GitLab to Terraform, Ansible, and other specific uh, 
tools that, uh, that are um, um, interconnected all together to build this pipeline. And our objective is um, to use as much as we can this pipeline when we are going to transform applications. Uh, the idea is not to only re-host and uh, reinstall applications in the public cloud. The idea is really to uh, use this transformation program as a lever to transform as many applications as we can um, by doing replatforming, basically, by doing also, uh, by using more and more containers. We have our own uh, OpenShift platform, which is interconnected with the DevOps one I just mentioned, and today, which is deployed both on-prem and on AWS. And uh, we, are, uh, we are starting discussing with all the application teams in order to uh, identify which application should be eligible to this type of replatforming. Um, we, also, uh, we are also leveraging a big program we launched a few months ago um, in order to tackle our legacy debt because as many big companies, our legacy debt is uh, quite significant and increasing, increasing month after month. Um, keeping the pace of the transformation of the new technologies to support uh, all, the, all the new releases that, uh, that are coming to the market is quite difficult. So we, we, we really use this, uh, this uh, legacy management program as a lever and a driver to identify which applications are running on legacy components and are eligible to be more than replatformed and rehosted, but really recoding and transformed in order to really leverage um, cloud-native solutions. Alors, again, it's, uh, it's uh, long and uh, sometimes difficult, as you said, discussions with the business because um, when you are just, just replatforming or uh, recoding an application without providing new, uh, uh, new features, new uh, um, um, enhancements to the business, it's sometimes difficult to explain that uh, it will, at the end, even if the, the application is not changing, it will really provide value. And this is what we are currently doing. We are, uh, we are uh, ending the detailed application assessment on all our uh, 3,000 applications we have today at Sanofi with Accenture, which is part of the overall transformation, transformation program. And the idea is really, as part of this detailed application assessment, to identify using the 6R methodology uh, which applications are eligible to the cloud, but also which applications can be moved, as I said, by doing a rehost, a reinstall, a replatform, and ideally sometimes a recode, and onboarding as much as we can the business in order to be sure that they will be part of this, uh, this transformation. Okay. So question for you know, both of you. Uh, we were talking about this uh, you know, yesterday, and uh, you were mentioning uh, that there are some key elements to your transformation to the cloud. You mentioned you know, digital workplace, agility, and obviously I think you talked about the two partners briefly. Um, but you know, can you add some, some more context to those three uh, pillars? Ah, yeah, when you say two partners, you mean uh, AWS yeah. and GCP? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yes, indeed, we, uh, we, we decided. Um, one year ago, uh, when, we when we started looking at the, 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 the public cloud uh, uh, market, we decided rapidly to focus on only two providers. The first and maybe the main reason is that um, because we want to, uh, to, uh, to have uh, internal skills to build the foundations, to uh, uh, make them up to date, be sure that what we are building will, uh, will, uh, will keep running in the, in the, in the long term. Um, Having multiple cloud providers uh, require to upskill many people on different technologies, different type of skills, and the idea was really, we even did a, a, a three years TCO to estimate what should be the cost to build and operate and maintain one public cloud provider. Uh, the, the, the amount was quite important, uh, let's say multiple millions. And uh, based on that, we said that having two public cloud providers should be enough. And then we started looking at the different ones uh, today in the market. And we rapidly see a complementarity between some of them. And that's why, based on this complementarity, we decided to select AWS and GCP. And we also conducted a, an interesting exercise, which was to identify from the very beginning the criteria to say that an application or a business should go to AWS or to GCP. And we did this exercise looking uh, not at the technical uh, aspect of the applications, but more business aspect. And we, we looked at the different businesses we are having at Sanofi. So basically, like all big pharma companies, we are all types of uh, uh, businesses that you may, uh, you may know, uh, starting from R&D, clinical trial, uh, manufacturing, supply chain, commercials, marketing, and so on. So these are, the, let's say, the main pillars. 
plus all the corporate functions that you have in big companies like, uh, like, uh, like Sanofi. And based on these different, uh, 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 what we call business units, including the corporate ones, um, we worked with the businesses in order to, uh, to uh, look at their strategy, some partnerships that they should already have with some of these uh, uh, partners. And it was the case, for example, uh, on R&D with Google. Uh, we signed uh, six months ago a, a big partnership in order to work on uh, innovation and R&D. Uh, we also looked at an interesting uh, and important element, which is um, what should be the integration between the applications when tomorrow they will be running on different public cloud providers. Uh, you all know that uh, the cost of the network is something which is most of the time forgotten when you build a business case on the cloud, but it's something that can cost rapidly a lot of money, uh, especially when you need to exchange data between public cloud providers. Uh, so it was also a, a criteria which uh, uh, helped us taking this decision. And, um, and uh, just to, uh, to focus two minutes on, uh, on the data, um, all the business units I was mentioning uh, are having today their own, alors, we cannot say data lake because... Uh, some are looking like data lake, some are not even data lake, but uh, this is where, where the trend uh, is going and where these business, uh, businesses uh, want, want to grow. And, and the idea was also to, uh, to identify using um, um, uh, some uh, uh, criteria on the data they are using and the data they may exchange between the different business units, uh, which one should be located on AWS and which one should be located on GCP. Based on all these criteria, we built, uh, we built the matrix, and today we have, uh, I think, a, a clear vision of which businesses, which applications should go on the right and which should go on the left. Uh, and it's also something we uh, integrated in the uh, detailed application assessment I was mentioning just before, in order also, when we are working with the business uh, to, um, to uh, qualify the transformation of the application, of their application that we want to conduct, uh, be sure that they, they, they are aligned with our strategy and understand why we took this decision. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe just to, uh, you know, just to add a couple of comments, right? I think, you know, back to what Stefan was alluding to, I think that probably the biggest challenge is, is not around the technical, the, the, you know, technology implementation, right? This is a really about, you know, how to drive the momentum, you know, with the business units, with the lines of business to get the adoption, right? I mean, very often, you know, in the past, you know, there have been a lot of question marks around, you know, what's the business case, if any, for, you know, doing lift and shift. I think here, the, the, the level of the transformation, I think it's a much more, you know, a wider spectrum from the re-hosting to re-platforming to, you know, going cloud native. And I think that's, that's the approach that makes sense. And I think, you know, moving forward, it will really be, a, you know, about being able to, you know, to drive the whole spectrum. But nevertheless, right, it, it is about you know, really engaging the businesses, the application owners as quickly and as early as possible to be able to drive that momentum jointly, right? Because otherwise, you may have the most wonderful migration machine, but then it becomes very challenging to actually, you know, you know churn the volumes through, the, through that migration engine. And I think that, for me, that is, you know, probably the, uh, the biggest challenge of any similar such project. The, the other comment I wanted to make, and I think that's, you know, I think for, from that perspective, I think the the approach that Sanofi has taken for me is really, you know, is really a, a great example in terms of, you know, looking at, you know, the cloud providers from an application lens and from a, you know, a, you know, application placement or, you know, a, a function placement, not, you know, a, you know, a pure, you know, volume arbitrage or capacity arbitrage. I don't believe that this is the right approach. I think the approach that Sanofi has taken is, for me is exactly the right approach, you know, looking at, you know, where the data, where are the, some of the business capabilities, and then working with the businesses on where, where, where is the right landing zone for that. So for me, again, I think that, that that's really a best practice on how to go about that. Yeah, so as you mentioned, the technologies, you know, is one aspect of it, but there are other considerations as well, and you talked about, you know, working with the business. But equally, um, and I'd like both of you to uh, answer it from your perspectives, uh, the point around upskilling and making sure that our people are ready uh, you know, when, as, as you're completing this journey. Uh, so if you can, you know, give mm. your perspective on that and internally as well, our own rotation to the new, um, and you're leading that for us within our group, uh, Philippe. So, Stefan, if you want to now, start. You're right that upskilling is a, a, a key topic of such transformation, um, especially in our case. Um, the, the main reason is very simple. As I said, um, 
um, uh, our legacy debt uh, was, is quite important. And today, we, we don't have so many people with the right skills. Uh, I mentioned DevOps, I mentioned some technical solutions, I mentioned public cloud and so on. And today we have very few, uh, uh, very few people with these skills at, at Sanofi. Uh, that's also why when we started this journey, we worked a lot with, uh, with Accenture. We built a, a cloud center of excellence in order to onboard people from Accenture, work with people from Sanofi, uh, start the upskilling uh, uh, of these people uh, on all the technical pillars that are really important to build such a such transformation program. However, having a, a cloud center of excellence with few people from Accenture is great, but first I think it's not enough, and I think it's not a, a sustainable model. Um, we also decided that, uh, that um, it was important for us to be rapidly autonomous, and even if I like very much what we are doing with Accenture, one day we should be able to do what we have to do without you. Um, and, uh, and that's why we, uh, we decided to launch a big upskilling program, so we very recently uh, finalized an RFP process and we selected um, uh, two companies that are going to work with us uh, partnering in this upskilling program. So uh, starting two weeks ago until uh, end of January, we are going to, uh, to, to do the first phase of this upskilling program. Uh, we are going to work with these two companies. They are going to, to define the curriculum. They are going to, to start the onboarding of the different teams, identify who should be trained, uh, the different le level of expertise we want to acquire, different technologies uh, on which we are currently working and on which it's important to train people and to upskill people. And uh, starting uh, February, uh, we are going to uh, launch the first wave of upskilling, but the idea is really to upskill a very large number of people at Sanofi, not only the technical people, typically from my team, but also to work with the application team in order for them to be also upskilled. Uh, when I mentioned the DevOps pipeline we are building, at the end, we are just providing the tools and the methodologies and the standard to use the DevOps pipeline. But at the end, it will be uh, uh, important for all the application team to understand what it means to become agile. How do you use the DevOps pipeline in order to be sure that the way they are going to transform their application uh, will satisfy the prerequisites of this pipeline? And to do so, they need to be upskilled. They need to understand how it works. So it's going to be a long journey in parallel of the transformation, the technical transformation we are doing. But clearly, this upskilling program is, uh, is very important. And uh, one last point, because uh, I mentioned uh, this upskilling program, and I uh, also mentioned some technical uh, uh, activities on which we are going to upskill our team. But another very important pillar is the soft skills. Uh, the, te the, the technical part is not maybe the most difficult one. I think that upskilling people on the soft skills is clearly the most difficult, the more important. But if we want tomorrow to have all our associates at Sanofi onboarded, uh, uh, passionate by the transformation we are doing, it's also important to, uh, to work on this specific pillar, um, being sure that they understand what it means to become agile. Uh, we are relying uh, uh, too much from my standpoint on the old V model and the waterfall model. Uh, agile uh, for a big company like Sanofi is not applicable to everything. Uh, we, we clearly see that uh, on a daily basis on some specific projects, programs. We need to use uh, the classical V model that, uh, that we all know. But uh, switching from this V model, this waterfall model, to uh, agile is, uh, is not uh, uh, an easy thing. Uh, uh, we will define and we will develop new roles uh, that we don't have today at Sanofi, like uh, Scrum Master, like Product Owners, in order really to, uh, to, uh, to be sure that uh, on top of the technical upskilling that we are doing, people will also understand what it will work to mean uh, in agile team, in virtual team, uh, and, and be sure that uh, this will be part of the transformation we are doing. Yeah, I mean, I, see, I think it's a, it's a huge topic, right? Um, I think for me there, there are two dimensions. So I think the first one is around the, the, the talent, the skills themselves, right? And I think, obviously, you know, there, there's, there's a big need, you know, in enterprises, but also internally in us, to, to drive, you know, the, the whole set of new skills, right? And, and again, I think that needs to be, that go beyond the cloud team or the infrastructure team, right? We need to, we need to cut across you know, the application teams, but even, you know, to, you know, we can argue even some of the business in the line of business people, they, they need to really, you know, understand what this is all about, right? Because that has a profound impact on the possibilities of what can be done, right? But again, it needs to have that kind of push and pull effect. You know, you need to upskill and, and, and upgrade the, the entire organization. That's the first point. Um, 
And the, the second, you know, related to that, and, and we are doing that in Accenture as well, right? In our teams, you know, uh, Prasad mentioned our 30,000, uh, you know, cloud and infrastructure people. You know, we have to constantly make sure that, you know, we, we do evolve, you know, we, we, uh, we, we do that, that transformation of talent. Um, not only because we need the new skills to deliver the service and the, and the, um, and the capabilities to our clients, but also because this is the only way we will be able to recruit, attract, and retain the people, right? I'm sure you all face in your respective organization the same challenges that, that we do and Sanofi does uh, in terms of being able to recruit and, and retain, you know, the, 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 the key cloud talent. You know, it is very, very challenging out there. Uh, and part of the value propositions we need to, in, you, know, in, you know, provide and ensure to our people is that they will constantly be able to you know, evolve their talent, you know, gain new skills, and especially with the pace of technology today. I mean, you know, for me, that's not one-off, right? It's not, you know, we do a transformation of talent today, and then you know, in six months we're done, and we can all go and relax to the beach. It's just not going to work like this, right? That's just will never be done. Um, so that's the first part around the skills. The second part, which is probably even more difficult in my mind, is you know the operating model changes, um, you know traditionally, but probably still the case today in most organization, you know it's still very much horizontal. You know you know can't call it silos, right? I guess if it's horizontal, it's not really silos. But anyway, you know it's you know you've got the infrastructure team, then you've got the apps team, and then you've got the you know the, the business owners and so forth, right? And you know and for the last you know, few decades, those have been fairly you know, disjointed teams, right? You know, with requirements being thrown over the fence and you know, people complaining back and forth, you know, it's too slow, too rigid, you know, and so forth. Uh, and you know, trying to suddenly, you know, first of all, shift from a horizontal to more vertical model, more integrated you know, from the service to the applications to the underlying infrastructure, and you know, adopting much more you know, agile DevOps type practices kind of totally breaks down that model, right? And most organizations today are in that kind of, you know, struggling in, that, in, the, in the middle of that transformation. How do they do that? How do they change the people, you know, upskill the people? How do they start you know, breaking down some of those barriers? You know, and at the same time, continuing running the day-to-day -day business. And that's, that's a big, big challenge, right? So I think for me, you know, well beyond the technology challenges, right? For me, those are probably the two biggest challenges we are going to face as an industry as we drive some more massive transformations. If I may add something, uh, Philippe, the, the difficulty does not come only from the people. I think that when you are in a big company uh, like Sanofi, uh, another big difficulty we are facing are the processes that are in place. And even if the people are in the right mindset, even if the people want to work in the agile way and so on, um, we, we, we need to or we have to stick to these processes because it is the way it's working in big companies. And I think it's also an important uh, uh, topic on which uh, uh, we have to work from the very beginning. It's to be, um, to be clear with everybody that these processes will have to be reworked, will have to change. Uh, again, not for everything. Agile cannot be applica applicable to everything, but we need uh, maybe two types of, proce of processes, one for the old traditional world and one for Agile. It's exactly what we are facing today. We launched recently in my team three pilots. We integrated people from the application teams, not from the business, but at least from the, your, the two first layers you were mentioning, and it's working very well. People are very happy to work together. It's very efficient. They are doing sprints on a bi-weekly basis and so on. They are delivering MVPs, so no, no technical issues, no people issues. As soon as we need to explain that we will not follow some specific internal process, problems uh, arrive. And this is also something that are most of the time forgotten and on which I think it's really important to work. So, um, Philippe, uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about Accenture's role, uh, both from a standpoint of helping in, the, in defining and you know, putting together the transform, but also, you know, the run aspect of it, because you have both sides of it. So, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit about the different skills and the role we played over the 
past few years? Yeah, so, so obviously, you know, going back, you know, again, a, a very long-term, you know, um, journey together with Sanofi and, and relationship, right? And obviously, we, we, we've been all, in all the phases of, of that program and, you know, moving forward as well, we've been both a transformation partner as well as an operational partner, right? So we went, you know, we worked together with Sanofi during the initial, you know, transformation, you know, consolidation, virtualization, rationalization of the, um, of the Sanofi landscape on a, on, a, on a global basis, and then basically running the, you know, the outsourcing services, so running the managed service around the, uh, you know, the, the whole data center services. Um, and, you know, I think, for me, one of the uh, one of the key aspects, you know, over the last six eight months, as if we've kind of worked together in terms of shaping, designing, you know, and architecting, you know, kind of the next chapter together, right? And I think for me that is what I see more and more. And I think again, that's as an industry for me that that is very very important, right? It's uh, I think the the days of you know the three thousand pages RFPs. You know, and the uh, you know the very sourcing you know sourcing that procurement processes. Yes, there's still some of some of that out there, right? But I think for me, the future is really around you know much more you know design thinking, design co-creation, co-design, and and really kind of shaping that that together, right? And and I think we you know from that perspective, I think that has been a great example because we had you know really you know one team together working on you know, driving the trans, you know, transformation, and at the same, or, you know, defining, you know, the next chapter of the transformation, you know, to the public cloud and so forth. And at the same time, looking at how to drastically change the operations, right? Because I think, um, you know, yes, you can, you can drive, you know, the migration, you can, you know, you can move, you know, a, a significant percentage to the public cloud. But unless you fundamentally change the way you drive the operations, both of the traditional environment as, uh, as the cloud, you know, in terms of, you know, driving, you know, a, a relentless focus on automation, you know, basically leveraging analytics, you know, looking at ways to, you know, drive some infusion of AI, you know, in terms of, you know, moving from a reactive to much more predictive, proactive models in the operations. Uh, you know, you, you will not get the benefits, right? So for me, you cannot look at migration or transformation in isolation to, you know, transforming your operations. You need to transform both. And it also becomes, you know, again, it's, it's, you, you're never done, right? I was talking about, you know, the, the continuous upskilling and transformation of the skills before. Well, I think fundamentally it's the same for the infrastructure, right? I think, again, the, the, the days of, you know, you do migration for six months, you declare victory, and then, you know, you're steady state for the next seven years. I mean, again, that is, that is, you know, this will not happen anymore, right? This will be much more a continuous evolution and continuous, you know, ongoing migration changes and continuous optimization of the estate, right? Because I think one of the challenge we are also facing as an industry is uh, there have been a lot of bad surprises, right? You know, there have been maybe a lot of false expectations. You know, you move to the public cloud, it's all going to be easier, faster, and significantly cheaper. Well, it turns out this is not always the case, right? Because, again, unless you drastically change the way you operate in the public cloud, unless you, you know, really do things differently, that actually doesn't end up being cheaper. It usually ends up being more expensive, right? So again, I think that's, that's that constant mindset around, you know, optimization, FinOps, and, you know, and, and it changes fundamentally that mindset. So I think, you know, it's really about how to shape the journey together, you know, both from a transformation and a run perspective. Maybe a bit of a long answer, but at least I saw there were, there were several, you know, aspects to that. Okay. So Stefan, I know you are still on your journey to, to, to cloud and somewhere in between, but what, what's the reaction of the business so far? And what do you think uh, they would say as far as things that are working well and, and maybe things that, uh, you know, they may want to work a little better? My, uh, my, my first answer is that um, 
the business, it was not very difficult to convince the business, uh, especially the, let's say, top management of the business rapidly understand that, understood that um, the, the, due to the, the, the market, uh, which is changing very rapidly, uh, you, you, you all know that uh, biotech are not very far from our business, uh, and the, the overall pharma market is still uh, under consolidation. Um, if we want to, uh, to, to, to remain competitive, if we want to be able to compete against this type of companies, uh, it's important to, to evolve. And um, if we want to, to accelerate the time to market for new applications, if we want to integrate more and more innovation, uh, it's really important to, to rely on the cloud to do so because using our traditional IT uh, is, is clearly slowing the way we are, we are innovating. And if we don't want to disappear tomorrow, if we really want to, uh, to, to remain in the top pharma companies in the world, mm -hmm. the cloud is clearly the solution. So convincing the business that the cloud will bring a lot of value, and even if you do it well, savings at the end, uh, was not so difficult. After, on a daily basis, when you work with the application teams that have to uh, provide new features, new functionalities in the application, it's um, always uh, not difficult, but uh, long discussions in order to be sure that they understand what uh, why it is a priority and what it will bring to them to use the cloud tomorrow. Of course, as I said at the beginning, we are clearly not going to transform, recode all our applications to become cloud native. Um, for the, the, the big majority of the landscape we have today, it will be more replatforming than, than transforming applications. However, for all the new applications that, uh, that we are building or for all the applications that are requiring uh, a significant change due to the, 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 their legacy debt, in that case, we are really working with the business, onboarding our solution architect to explain why transforming the application, relying more and more on uh, cloud-native services uh, will, at the end, bring value, accelerate the time to market, and so on. And as soon as you have the right messages and the right skills, and we come back to the upskilling we just discussed previously, uh, the business and the application team, they clearly understand the, the, the added value of the cloud. So it's not a so, so big difficulty. Even on, uh, on some uh, corporate applications, uh, we, we found some levers to justify that the cloud was the good solution. To give you an example, um, we have a few SAP platforms at Sanofi, and uh, one which was uh, hosted in, uh, in uh, the APAC uh, region um, was uh, quite legacy, and we decided, working with the application team, uh, to uh, switch from an on-prem uh, hosting solution to a, a cloud solution uh, on AWS. So uh, we, are, uh, we are in the middle of the transformation of the SAP application uh, on AWS Singapore. Uh, so far, everything is going well. Alors, the difficulty is not coming from the SAP application by itself, because moving an application, a SAP application on the cloud is not so difficult. Um, we, we took this opportunity also to change some technical components, for example, moving from a, um, a Oracle to ANA, moving from Unix, uh, HPUX to Linux. But where we see the biggest difficulty, it's clearly where, where we, when we uh, start dealing with interfaces. And um, like many companies, we did a, a lot of customization of our SAP uh, platforms. And now that we need to um, move this application to the cloud and in a way um, uh, rework on these this interfaces, we are discovering that it's not so easy. But again, we used that as a lever and we explained and we worked with the application team in order to say, okay, some of your interfaces are over-customized, are not using some standards we, uh, we have today at Sanofi. So let's take this opportunity to rework this interface, uh, change the way it is working, change the technology behind, consolidate some interfaces, multiple in one, in order really to rely more and more on native uh, services provided by, uh, by AWS. And at the end, uh, again, uh, the, 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 this specific journey will end in, uh, in April, so the, the final move to production will be in April. But so far, we see a, a, a business which is following us, which is, we see an application team uh, very happy of the job we are doing all together. Again, it's new for everybody, so we are all discovering new things almost every day. But we are leveraging our solution architect. We are leveraging AWS, uh, which is strongly involved in this program. And uh, everybody uh, seems to be very happy and very passionate by this transformation. Okay. okay. So uh, and a different question is, um, you know, knowing what you know today, having been on this journey, 
if you knew everything that you know today when you started, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what are some things that you might do differently? And the same goes for you, Philippe, uh, from an Accenture perspective, what would you do differently? But we'll start with you, Stefan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we said it many times, but involve, involve the business as soon as possible. Involve the application team, explain what it will bring, uh, what will be the consequences. Um, it's, I think, a, 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 a key success factor to such transformation. Mm -hmm. um, another, another important element, I think, is, um, is related to the, the, what we call the cloud foundations, or the cloud landing zone, you call it the way you want. Um, as you said, uh, Philippe, some people are thinking that because you go to the cloud, operations will disappear, everything will be cheaper, easier, blah, blah, blah. At the end, if you don't do the... the, the if you don't, do the, don't take the right decision, it will not be the case at all. And uh, because, again, the pharma, is, the pharma world is, uh, uh, has a lot of uh, uh, regulatory uh, rules and standards, and uh, we, we, had to, uh, we had to work a lot on the foundations in order to be sure that there will be what we call in the, in the pharma world qualified, uh, and be sure that uh, if tomorrow we have an audit or... Uh, we need to justify what we are doing on the cloud uh, to some specific uh, regulatory instances. Uh, we will be uh, by fully compliant, uh, which is the case today on-prem. But what I want to say is that we, we, we had to work on every um, services we will use tomorrow on the public cloud, AWS and GCP, uh, not only to build something which will work, because uh, creating a new service or using a new service on AWS, you can do it through the console in a few clicks, but um, on top of that, we, we really had to onboard the security team, the quality and compliance team, in order to be sure that these foundations will respect all the standards that we have in the pharma world. And I know that in many other uh, 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 IT domains, you have some constraints, like in the, the, the financial uh, uh, financial landscape, you also have some specific rules and standards that you have to respect. And this is what, uh, what we discovered maybe a bit too late. Uh, and uh, today, um, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think we are, we are on track. But if we, uh, if we have known that uh, earlier, we would have started building all the foundations uh, in a, maybe in a different manner. Onboarding from the very beginning, as I said, the security team, the quality and compliance team, in order to be sure that um, uh, bah, we, 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 will, we will have used these foundations as also a lever to transform the way quality and compliance team are working, security team are working, because the way you are managing security, compliance in the cloud has nothing to do with the way you are doing, you are doing it on-prem. And, and today, we are, uh, we, we are uh, a bit struggled because, because we started discussing with these people a bit too late. Um, we, 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 um, it's difficult to ask them to change their processes, to change the way they are working, and, for example, to build a new service uh, on AWS. Uh, the technical part is done in a few days, but everything related to security and quality needs weeks because we had to produce some documents, Word documents, instead of providing scripts uh, that we are using to automate things. Uh, because again, um, we did not involve them earlier, I think, and we are, uh, we are suffering of that. We are more in a reactive mode than a proactive mode. It's something on which we are working with them in order to, to be uh, more efficient, to, in, to include more automation. Uh, in order to uh, not only have to write documents, but be sure that, for example, uh, 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 a Terraform script can be used as a proof that an infrastructure has been properly built on AWS, but the road is long, and uh, clearly it's something that we, we completely forgot at the beginning of the program, and on which we are uh, maybe uh, suffering today. Okay, please. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have three points that I think, uh, you know, I think two have already been mentioned, right? The, the very early involvement of the business, and, and very linked to that is as early as possible, I think the application assessment, at least at the high level, the sooner the better, right? Because I think once you understand that, you know, you can have much more informed, you know, you know discussions and reflections on, on how to structure your approach, you know, how to select, you know, the, you know, which, you know, what goes to which cloud and so forth, right? So I think that's, that's the first point. Uh, the second point, right, I think around the whole security compliance, 
uh, and early involvement of the right people. I mean, I've worked quite a lot in financial services as well, right? And a lot of similar, you know, challenges, you know, behaviors, mm -hmm. sometimes a bit paranoia, you know, for some people, right? And, the, you know, the sooner you involve them, they are part of the solution. You don't, you, you don't involve them, then it becomes a real problem, right? So for me, that's, 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 that's really a key point. The third point, and I think that's also reflecting not only over the last you know, nine months and what we have ahead of us, but also over the last couple of years or a few years, um, it's, it's an you know, ongoing, uh, relentless focus on you know, kind of questioning this, the status quo, right? Driving ongoing further improvements, further automation, and so forth, right? I think, you know, if, if you're too comfortable in a bit of a steady state, that's probably you're not doing your job, right? And I think to some extent, you know, 10 years ago, I think Sanofi was absolutely, you know, the program was, you know, was to some extent years ahead of, you know, what the rest of the industry was doing. And then it was, you know, a bit of a nice, you know, steady, and it was, you know, both us and Sanofi were comfortable. I think the service was good and reliable and so forth. But, you know, there was a bit of maybe, uh, you know, not challenging ourselves enough, right? So I think for me, that's the other big point. I think, and that will even be further the case, right? It was the, it was the, the pace of technology. We need constantly to challenge ourselves, right? Are we driving as much automation, as much, you know, analytics, as much intelligence as we should to continue optimizing. So the, the name of the game is constant optimization. So for me, those are the three points. Okay. So any uh, final um, thoughts from your side before I open it up for questions? No. Okay. All right. Well, I, mean, I mean, you know, maybe one, I mean, for me, maybe I think, I mean, today everybody's doing cloud, right? I mean, I think, you know, they, they probably nobody would, and if they are not, nobody would actually dare to openly say, I'm not doing cloud, right? That would be totally unacceptable. But I think there's still a huge opportunity in front of us, right? Again, as an industry, uh, yes, everybody's doing cloud, but you know, it's, you know, there are a lot more enterprises that, have, that are 10% in the cloud than 90% in the cloud, right? So I think you know, the, the whole wave of kind of massive you know, evolution and transformation and so forth is still ahead of us, right? So, and I think for, for that reason, I think it's extremely exciting times because I think a lot of that will accelerate over the, like, the next 12 to 24 months. So I think we are definitely in a, in a sweet spot and a sweet time, I think, for our, our business. Okay, thank you. So let's see what questions uh, uh, people have for Stefan and Philippe. The, the, the main reason was clearly the complementarity between the two public cloud providers. So um, when, we, when we looked at all the services they are providing, taking into account um, what I explained on the data and analytics and the situation we, we, we are facing at Sanofi with uh, many data lake-like uh, data lake -like solutions that we have today, uh, we, we thought that having a, a, a strong partner uh, focusing on data was, was really critical. And today, um, it's clearly the position that Google is, is pushing. Huh? They are the data company. Um, as I said also, um, uh, Sanofi uh, was already uh, uh, a partner of, uh, of, of Google. So we thought that from a data standpoint and all the uh, IT-related topics around the data, it was making a lot of sense to work with Google. Uh, but um, we, uh, we, we also looked at uh, all the other parts of our IT, compute, database, uh, HPC, SAP, and so on. And uh, we, we thought that um, uh, maybe Google could be challengeable on some specific parts, and it was making also a lot of sense to use another actor. Uh, clearly, uh, we rapidly focused on the two biggest ones in the market, AWS and Microsoft. And for some technical reasons, but not only technical reasons, when we did the, the detailed analysis, 
And also because our footprint on AWS was bigger than on Microsoft, we rapidly decided to stay with AWS instead of saying, okay, we'll have to move a certain number of workloads from AWS to Microsoft. I think that we are going to stick to this strategy to have two and only two public cloud providers quite a long time. Uh, again, to upskill people and keep the right level of expertise internally is, uh, is complex. Uh, the more uh, cloud providers you have, the more complex it will be at the end. So it's really where we, want to, uh, where we want to stick to our position. I don't know what will happen in three years, five years, but I think that at least for the next three years, uh, where we will uh, have the biggest part of our transformation with Accenture, we will, re we will remain on that position. Other questions? It's a, it's, it's a good question. Um, yes and no, uh, but globally, no. Alors, let me explain why. Um, we had, uh, as I said, uh, we, are, uh, we are using a lot VMware on-prem, like many companies. Huh? It's our, uh, by default, uh, hypervisor. Um, and we had many discussions with AWS on VMC, for example. Okay, VMC, it's VMware on AWS. Um, and today, the position we are having at, at Sanofi is that maybe we will use VMC one day, but it will be more a backup solution if we cannot reach our target objective in terms of applications we want to move to the cloud. Uh, the idea is really to rely as much as we can on PaaS solutions, on containers, on cloud-native services on AWS, uh, doing V2V from our private cloud to VMC on AWS, my personal position is that it does not really bring value. It's not, alors, the, 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 the cost difference moving a workload from on-prem to AWS, native, let's say, native EC2 instances, or from on-prem to VMC is not so big. Uh, the, the, the technical part is maybe less expensive because less complex, but all the governance around, because you are not just doing a V2V without discussing with the application team, finding the right, the right window, going to cab to be sure that your change is approved and so on. At the end, the gap is not so, financially speaking, so important. And the value it will bring at the end is, for us, not there. So we said that maybe in six months, one year, we will reevaluate that position. Uh, we will see where we will be in our transformation, if we are reaching our objectives or not, and maybe rediscuss with uh, VMware and AWS VMC as a potential solution. Um, if you look at the other use cases to use VMC today, we, 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 we don't have them. We don't have any data center space issues. Uh, if I need to remain in my data center for the next three years, if I need to grow, which is not our strategy, but if I need to do it, I can. I have some space. I don't have any end of lease coming soon, so I don't have any emergency to, to speed up my migration to the cloud and to rely on VMC. Basically, it is today the two biggest use cases that are uh, pushed by VMware and AWS to use VMC. Um, we, are not, uh, we are not in such situation, so today, no, clearly, the answer is what should remain on-prem will remain there for good reasons. Uh, and the idea is not to move something on the private cloud and then having in mind to move it in the next six months or one year to the public cloud. So the idea is really private cloud if there is no other options, but by default public cloud. So we should not face such, such situation. I did not get the question. Uh, okay. Data gravity. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, the impact of data gravity with the apps sitting both on-prem and on the cloud. Have you guys considered that, and what's the tipping point for you? Alors, that's a very good question, and I think the question is not only related to on-prem versus public cloud, but also between AWS and Google. Um, and that's why, um, alors, for sure, we will face the issue one day. Two applications, one on-prem, one in the public cloud that needs to exchange data or some data lakes that needs to replicate data. Um, but that's why we built our uh, location strategy 
um, having as a, a very important driver, maybe the first one, um, uh, the, the integration between the different businesses. Who is discussing with who? Basically, uh, do we need to exchange data between R&D and manufacturing, between R&D and commercials? And based on that, uh, we build our uh, eligibility matrix and say, because, again, uh, it's a fake example, but uh, because manufacturing data are not uh, discussing with R&D data, we can locate them on separate locations, on-prem on or public cloud. But as soon as we identify that some businesses are exchanging or will exchange a lot of data in the future, we said that it should make more sense to locate them in the same place. And we will apply that also for on-prem applications, even if, as I said, the idea is really to move as many applications as we can. Another part of the answer is the data strategy that we are having, uh, building an enterprise data lake. Um, that will rely on all the different data lakes we will have or we still uh, we are having today uh, at Sanofi in order to uh, be sure that what we will present in terms of data to the applications will be built in an efficient manner, adding some data virtualization solutions like Denodo, for example, adding some meta catalog, so data catalog on top of that. Again, we are working on this data strategy because it's a, a very uh, complex uh, topic. But the idea is really because, again, we know that Things will not be black or white. Data will have to be moved from on-prem to AWS, from AWS to Google, from Google to on-prem. Uh, we, we are really building this data strategy, having that in mind, and be sure that what we will present at the end from a data standpoint to these applications uh, will be uh, as efficient as possible. But it's, uh, it's clearly a very, very uh, difficult topic. So quick follow-up to that. Uh, you, you mentioned your data strategy and the governance. I'm kind of curious with multiple data lakes, how are you enforcing the governance and the uh, integrity of data across all of those different lakes? Uh, um, again, a difficult question. To be honest with you, it's, it's a bit too early in our data strategy to be able to clearly answer your question. Um, I can try to, to guess, but I'm not going to, to provide you some facts or figures in order to answer your question, so I prefer not answering. Easy answer. No, no, no. Again, maybe it's again. It's very, that data strategy is a very difficult topic. Yeah, the way you are organizing your data, the way you are cataloging your data, the virtualization layer you are putting on top of that. No, it's a very difficult topic. Yeah. So we're almost out of time. I think we have time for maybe one more question. If somebody has has one. in the realm of pharma. In terms of innovation, what has um, Sanofi achieved in terms of business innovation? Alors, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, share with you one or two uh, concrete examples of, uh, of things we are, we are doing. Um, one uh, one uh, very famous topic is, uh, um, we had some presentation this morning, is real-world evidence, for example. So um, when you are doing real-world real evidence uh, on-prem, uh, you need to build many different layers. The data you are managing to, 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 to collect uh, the right fact and the right proof in order to, to, to be able to build scenario and to provide at the end some uh, concrete use cases uh, um, is very costly, very long, very complex. By relying on the cloud, we significantly accelerated the way we are building some use cases and we are running some real-world evidence scenarios. Today, not all our real-world evidence uh, infrastructure are on AWS, but a big part of it is located today on AWS. And compared to the way we were doing that previously, uh, we significantly uh, improve uh, the, the, the time to deliver new scenarios. We significantly reduce the complexity of the infrastructure. And our agility uh, has nothing to do compared to what we were doing on-prem. Uh, another example maybe is uh, uh, what we call multi-channel uh, engagement. So basically the way we are uh, uh, dealing with uh, all the data we have on uh, 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 customers, some salespeople, and so on, and we are uh, uh, running a huge number of campaigns, on a, for example, on a monthly basis, uh, relying on a public cloud infrastructure, uh, because this public cloud infrastructure is very agile, very scalable, compared to the way we were doing things on-prem just before. 
So it's two very simple examples. Uh, one more, uh, let's say, uh, R&D driven, one more uh, commercial driven. But by, by relying on cloud solutions and cloud native services, which is the case today for these two specific use cases, we significantly uh, uh, reduced the complexity of such infrastructure, our agility to, uh, to uh, again, to run multiple uh, marketing campaigns compared to what we were doing on-prem has nothing to do. Uh, and at the end, it's even more efficient because the solutions that you can uh, plug on the data in order to analyze data and to uh, generate the reports, the, the, the target for your marketing campaigns and so on, or the real-world evidence scenarios that you are running are far more efficient at the end. Okay. So I think with that, we're actually over time. So thank you so much, uh, Stefan and Philippe, for joining us today. It was a really good discussion, and thank you for sharing you know, your journey and uh, you know, what lies ahead and so on. And thank you all for uh, attending. Uh, hopefully you found this uh, you know, very interesting as well as informative. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.